This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You're listening to the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio right here. On AM 570, and being broadcast on AM, 5, AM 910, maybe you're listening to us on Google, Stitcher, or iTunes, however, Google Play, Stitcher, or iTunes. Maybe you're listening to us Let's Talk Faith.com, iHeartRadio, Red Nation Rising. However you're hearing the show today, just know that we prayed for you today, that this show would be impactful, that it would teach you something you never heard before, make you aware of a ministry maybe you've never heard before, but more than anything, cause you to dig deeper into that understanding that your, that your workplace it's your mission field. And then in that mission field, you and me may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, it's not by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus. You may be their only chance. You know, as we talk today, well, I don't want to give it away yet. I want you to just, just listen to this second. What happens when you make a mistake? Just think about this. When, when you make a mistake, what happens? What happens if it's maybe a big mistake? Maybe you commit a crime. Maybe it's a felony. How do you get a chance to get a second chance? You know, your reputation is tarnished forever when you commit a crime and as an adult. You'll, you'll have a hard time finding a job. People look at you different. They look at your cross-eyed. We're like, well, you've got a criminal record. I don't really want to hire you. You may have a hard time finding a peer group that has a positive influence. You may have, find, have a hard time finding a church that wants you to be involved in a small group. It, it's all, it all just rolls in. When we make one mistake, it seems to cascade upon us. But there's got to be an answer. There's got to be a way to start over. We know in Jesus we get a chance to start over. We know in Jesus that our sins have been washed away by his blood. We know that we get a new chance. But humans aren't as forgiving as Jesus. Well, let me just tell you today, we're going to talk about Abe Brown Ministries and the Ready for Work Hillsborough program, which is right here in Tampa Bay. But it doesn't mean that you can't start a Ready for Work program in some other city across the country. We often highlight stuff that's going on here in Tampa Bay for the very reason that it needs to multiply by the thousands across the fruited plain. From sea to shining sea, these are ministries that need to be reproduced. Here to talk about Ready for Work Hillsborough, a program that you will want to repeat in your city, wherever you're listening today. It's Robert Blunt. He's the president of Abe Brown Ministries. Robert Blunt, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I hope that you feel that way at the end of the show. You know, a lot of people are like, well, it's so nice to have you here. And, you know, but it, it's it, the whole key is we really, what you do, the ministry of Ready for Work Hillsborough, as part of Abe Brown Ministries, it's incredible. And we get a couple we get a couple of events to, to highlight as well. And yes, Connie, you're right. Connie Smith's in the studio with us today. I work for him as brand ambassador. She's been running the, the interference as we get ready to do the um, Abe Brown Golf Tournament coming up here on the 3rd of June. Connie, do you want to tell us about that that golf tournament? No, you don't. Of course you don't. Robert. Yes, I do. You do? No. <laughs> we'll Robert, let Robert. Robert, tell us about the golf tournament that's coming up. Because you still have some spots open. We do. We um, are going to host our sixth annual uh, A. Brown Legacy Golf Tournament on June the 3rd uh, at Innisbrook on Copperhead's uh, Golf Course, which is uh, a golf course that's played by the pros. So uh, it's a really uh, special event for us. Um, it's really become a staple um, it's obviously a, is a fundraiser to support the great work that we do at A. Brown Ministries uh, as well. 
So we anticipate having a full field of golfers. I will tell you that that field is filling up very fast. We have uh, about a dozen foursomes left uh, to sell between now and then. Uh, foursomes are $1,000, um, and that includes lunch as well and a very, uh, very nice golfer gift. Uh, for the golfers who play in the tournament, so we're we're fired up, we're excited about it. Well, I'm excited about you know, I work for him has become one of your one of your smaller sponsors, but we're excited to partner with you because this Ready for Work program fits right in exactly what we talk about in I work for him all the time. People need to recognize that their workplace is their mission field, and yet Ready for Work Hillsborough helps people get back into the workplace after they've made a mistake. Absolutely, you know, we um, are a prison ministry, have been for 40 plus years and we travel inside the prisons we share the gospel of jesus christ inside the prisons um but 95 percent or better of those who are incarcerated whether we like it or not are going to be released and so we have to be able to complement that message of hope with tangible opportunities for these men and women uh to live out their freedom in christ and to live out their freedom in society and one of the ways that we do that is through our Ready for Work Hillsboro program. And I want to really dig deep into Ready for Work Hillsboro so people understand about it. But it, let's just talk about the prison system. What I see a lot of really amazing things happen in our prison system where people really get exposed to Christ in the prison system. You hear those stories over and over and over again because when people get to the end of the rope and they're in prison, they're really open to God and the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Yet when they get out... They're, because of the felony on their record, they now find it very difficult to find a job where they can actually support themselves. Absolutely. And then what do they do? Well, the only thing they really knew before Jesus was crime. And so a lot of times they slip back into that because that's what they knew. And I think, isn't that what Abe... Well, let's just ask that question. So Abe Brown, he founded this ministry because he realized... Well, tell us tell a little bit of his story. Well, uh, Reverend Brown, uh, then Coach Brown, back in the mid-70s, uh, he's affectionately known in the community as Coach. He spent more than 38 years in Hillsborough County Public School System uh, as an administrator um, and also as a football coach. Indeed, he actually coached my dad um, in the mid-60s at Middleton High School in Tampa. And one day he picked up a newspaper and read where one of his former football players had been charged with the murder of a cab driver. And he, you know, uh, was moved to go visit this young man inside the county jail. And it was there that he was convicted, that he had taught all these young men how to play football, but perhaps could have done a better job of teaching them how to live life. And so um, after that experience, uh, he really committed himself uh, to not only uh, reach out to young men, uh, perhaps that he had coached, but um, to reach out to other young men who just really needed um, to to learn more about how to live productively in the community. So every day after school, he would go back to the county jail uh, to visit this young man. It was there that he realized that there were more young men that he knew, more young men who knew of him. Um, and one day he went back and the gentleman was gone. So, you know, like I said, he was an educator. He was naive about the criminal justice system. So he said, hey, As where's most Horace? of us are. <laughs> right, most right. of us are. So he said, where's Horace? And they said, oh, he was sentenced to prison. He said, well, I thought this was the prison. And so they said, no, he's at Florida State Prison. And, you know, they explained the difference between the county jail and the prison. Well, to make a long story short, Reverend Brown, he wasn't Reverend then, uh, but he found Horace in the system. He went to see him. And this is the way he would tell that story. He went to see him, and it was that he had gathered all these other young men uh, to meet Reverend Brown. Some of them already knew him, et cetera. And he went up. And he, you know, just really had a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with these men. 
And as he was leaving the prison, the chaplain came running out and said, hey, 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 preacher, next time you come, bring your choir. So Reverend Brown got in his car, turned the key. He was like, okay, sure. And he thought about it. He said, I'm not a preacher, and I don't have a choir. So these were his words. When he got back to Tampa, he said he rounded up all these little old ladies. These little old ladies became known as the Crusade Choir. And on the second and fourth Saturdays, they would go into the prisons. He would basically speak to the men. Uh, these ladies would sing, and that was really the inception of then Prison Crusade Ministries, now Eight Brown Ministries. And Jim, to this day, on the second and fourth Saturdays, we go into the prisons throughout the state, and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who are incarcerated. It, it is a ministry that touches people. But what I love, what I love most about the story was here. Here was Abe Brown as a football coach. You know that was his job. And nobody had told him that his job was a mission field. Mm. Nobody had told him that, hey, in your workplace, you're going to touch people with, with Jesus. Nobody, nobody had given him permission to do that. But when he found one of his students in jail and then in prison, he realized all of a sudden, wow, I got a big mission field. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, how many kids did he get a chance to coach over the years? I mean, you're talking thousands of kids, probably. Yes. Well, you said he was coaching your dad in the 60s. Right. How many years? You said he coached for 38 years. Right. Well, the average football team, 60 students, right? Right. That's a lot of kids. Absolutely. That's 1,800 or 1,900. That's a lot of kids. He's been very, very impressionable on a lot of people's lives, but you bring up a, a very good point. Um, in the fact that, you know, that's really sort of the impetus of I work for him, regardless of what we're doing, right? We represent Christ, and, you know, we have to live and lead by that example. Did your dad catch some of that vision from him? I know it was later after your dad had been coached, but did your dad stay in touch with with Coach Brown? He did. You know, I always accuse Reverend Brown of raising a son that he never had in a place that he never lived because I grew up all my life hearing about Coach Brown. Coach Brown taught us this. Coach Brown taught us that. This is the way Coach Brown would do it. And I was like, who is this guy? And lo and behold, I married his daughter. And uh, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Robert, as you look at this ministry, Ready for Work Hillsborough, are there programs like this that focus on reentry, retraining, and reintegrating people from the prison system back into society with jobs that can support themselves? Are there ministries just like Ready for Work Hillsborough all over the country? Uh, there are many ministries throughout the country, and actually, as we approach this work, one of the things that we wanted to do was not reinvent the wheel, right? So even with Ready for Work Hillsboro, we are a replication of a program, uh, the Ready for Work program that um, was developed by an organization called Operation New Hope out of Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. So we have a contractual agreement with Operation New Hope to replicate their Ready for Work model here in Hillsboro County. So there, there are people out here that are doing that work, um, but what some of the nuances are is Operation New Hope started out developing de dilapidated homes for um, low-income individuals, and that's how they kind of stumbled upon this work as they were hiring people um, who um, you know, needed jobs, and they came to find out that they, were, they had some challenges in their background. We, on the other hand, we started out focused on the prison ministry and saving souls inside the prison and sought out the ready-for-work piece as an opportunity to complement that great work of sharing the gospel. So, um, you know, you, you kind of get to it and arrive to it by different things, uh, different ways. But, yes, there are some who are, are doing this type of work. But there is a need for this across the country. Absolutely. I mean, America uh, is the number one incarcerator in the world. 
And um, <laughs> there just seems something wrong. That whole sentence just seems wrong. Right. America's the number one incarcerator of around the world. Correct. Now, I know in some countries they just kill people when they do something wrong. I mean, I understand that that's part of the deal. They're like, we're not going to put you in prison. We're just going to shoot you. But the fact that we, w- w- what's wrong with our society that we have so many people in prison? I mean, what do you think? I mean, you well, guys just spend a lot of time in prison. You, you, you can't. You, you, you can't legislate uh, good behavior. You know, just think about it. Uh, we, ha- we started out with the Mosaic Law. We had 10 laws, and it wasn't enough for people to live right. So we have thousands and thousands of laws on the books today, and we're living worse <laughs> than we did with just the 10, right? So Well, it started it, with just – there wasn't even the 10 laws. The, I mean, at first it was just, hey – just trust me. Don't eat from that tree. Don't, don't eat from that tree. That's all you got. Don't eat from that tree. Right. 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 And we and we couldn't handle one. Correct. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I, I digress. Think I, I think about the Garden of Eden all the time. Going. Do you realize what you did? I mean, come on, people. Seriously, you had one thing. Don't do one thing. Right. Must have been a really good apple. <laughs> it wasn't an apple. It was a piece of fruit, but still, it must have been some sexy-looking fruit for them to say, i got to eat some of that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Back to Ready for Work Hillsborough. You guys, every year, are raising money. Right. Because you, you're doing incredible stuff. You're going into prison, so you get a lot of travel. I imagine you have a lot of volunteers you got to coordinate. You've got some salaries to take care of. The golf tournament, how big of a deal is that for, for Abe Brown Ministries every year? Well, the golf tournament has really become our second largest fundraiser um, of the year. We have a fall fundraising banquet uh, in the fall of the year, uh, usually the first Thursday of November. And uh, Reverend Brown passed away September 11, 2010. And uh, shortly after that, the church that he used to pastor, First Baptist Church of College Hill, shout out the First Baptist Church of College Hill, um, they came to us with this idea of uh, helping us to put on this golf tournament. And uh, we took them up on the offer, and it has just grown and evolved. Uh, one of the people that uh, was included in that was Booger McFarland, uh, who's a member of First Baptist Church of College Hill. And, you know, he not only lended his name, but he rolled up his sleeves and actively promotes the tournament make sure that uh, you know he shares it with all of the folks in his network and uh it's been a sellout every year so it's uh, really become a major fundraiser for us so you still have some spots open we do and and people can find out more online at abrown.org when they get on there there's 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 a, a banner that actually shows a golf tournament right there right. shows pictures from last year's golf tournament uh, featuring somebody else that's been on our show chelsea drinkard and her company was your major sponsor last year Absolutely. who's your major sponsors this year well, we actually sort of have a silent uh, title sponsor. Okay. Um, so let's let's give homage to the silent sponsor. <laughs> there you go. All right. We're going to highlight them today. Okay. Um, we couldn't we, say their name. That was fair, right? That's fair. Well, I'll just make a, a comment about Chelsea Drinkard. Um, John Drinkard, her father, is a member of our board of directors. Very good. So there's a connection there, and we were very, very thankful to have their title sponsorship last year. Um, we're also thankful to all of our sponsors this year. Uh, First Baptist Church of College Hill, obviously, is a major sponsor. Uh, title Mark uh, LLC, which is a title company, is a trophy sponsor as well. Uh, we also have um, HGC Development, which is actually uh, a construction company by a former Buccaneer, uh, Garrett Gilkey, uh, who is our golf cart sponsor. And then we have uh, Publix and a litany of other um, you know, team sponsors for foursomes. And we're very, very thankful and blessed to have our work for him uh, supporting us this year and, and hopefully uh, in future years. I mean, it's, it, when I heard when Connie told me about the Ready for Work program, I'm like, wait, this is perfect. 
It's perfect because those when you're talking to those people in prison about going back out and getting a job, and then you're like, but you know, if you want to get a job, we've got a program you got to go through that's going to teach you so much more than just how to get a job. Correct. I mean, you're discipling these people, and it's about their work. And you get a chance to tell them about Jesus. You get a chance to say, and here, I mean, we're not just going to shove you in a job. You're representing us, so it's got to be. We're going to send you through a program. I mean, how many how many week long program is it that people have to go through before you will actually try to help them get a job? So you know, we think of it this way. Reverend Brown used to say, "Listen, in this country, we take people who have made poor decisions, we put them in a place where they make no decisions, and then we send them home and tell them to make good decisions." <laughs> I mean, say that you have got to say that slower. I mean, how does we that take work, people. Right? Who make poor decisions? Correct. Send them to a place where they make no decisions, correct. And let them out and tell them to make good decisions. Absolutely. But we don't give them any training. Absolutely. And, and therein lies why I would like to put my vote out for Robert Blunt to run for the governor of the state of Florida because he gets it, people. If you're going to send people out of prison, how about teaching them how to make good decisions? And at the center of that, faith in Jesus. I'd like to, if those of you that like to support Robert Blunt for governor, please call into the studio line now at 877-943-9673. Or he could run for Congress. We could use some straight people on Congress that actually do what they say they're going to do. Backing off of politics before <laughs> I say up. something naughty. And so, you digress. Okay, so we end up with this fancy term called recidivism. That's what happens. And so Inclined people, to repeat crime. Absolutely. Because I learned that word in high school in my vocabulary class. <laughs> Tough to word to say. Tough word to say, but you know that's really the work of of of, of this whole program uh, is to to take individuals who yes we know you need a job right that that's fundamental um, but we can get you a job but you are not going to keep that job very long if you don't know where you're going to sleep at night if you don't know how you're going to get to work if you are struggling with addiction if you are struggling with mental health uh, issues or co-occurring issues. Um, if you're hungry, if you need clothes, et cetera. So the whole idea is to stabilize an individual and pour into that individual through our career development instruction, which is four to six weeks of classroom time from 830 in the morning to three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, each one of our clients and ready for work are assigned a case manager. Uh, those case managers uh, sit down with every client and they map out what we call a plan of care for every client. That, client, that plan of care becomes the compass for that client, but they are addressing all of these components um, that, that, that need to be addressed in order to make sure that this individual is prepared to get a job, get a better job, and get a life. So once they complete the career development piece, they transition into what we call employment services. Um, that's where... Well, let's not jump so far. You, okay. You, okay. So they're going through a four to six week program. Correct. Where you're really teaching them how to make good decisions, how to be good employees. Correct. You're teaching them what life on the outside is really like uh, in a productive society kind of way. I mean, and you're are, are at the same time, are they going through discipleship programs? Are they learning about Christ? Is it a, is it a Bible-based program? So it's not inherently um, a Bible-based program. Okay, but here's how I, I believe we accomplish that. Uh, we start out every day with devotion, by the way, and prayer. Um, so there's no way I tell people there's no way for you to be in this program and not get discipleship and not experience Christ. And I think the way you do that is by being very, very diligent, patient and intentional in who you hire, because if it's in you, it's coming out of you. And with this population, there's so many people in and out of the prison. We call them Bible thumpers. You know, they come in, they're beating people across the head, get your life right. But then when they get out and they show up, it's like, okay, well, where are you now? You know, are you going to help me now? Right. And so what has to happen 
is people we have to i believe and i tell our staff this we have to earn the right to share our faith with our with our clients at some point if we do our jobs we do it well and we live and lead by example which is one of reverend brown's mantras at some point that client is going to say mr blunt why do you do what you do why do you care why do you go that extra mile and when they open that door i tell our staff you walk right through it you share your faith why you are here, why you are passionate and compassionate about what you do, and the rest takes care of itself. How do you choose? I mean, there's so many people. I mean, how, on a daily basis, how many people are being released from the Florida prison system? Oh, man, that's well, a good You question. said there's over 100 Florida prisons. There, There's over 100 Florida prisons. There's more than 100,000 men and women incarcerated in Florida's prisons. Um, so how many are getting out every day? So there's 11,000 people just in Hillsborough County alone on probation and parole. That's one statistic that I'll share. And there's about 4,500 people released annually back to Hillsborough County every year. So, you know, Hillsborough how, many County, how many get released back to Hillsborough County? About 4,500 released. Okay, so, but how many people get to go through your program? Well, we have capacity for 40 people, right? <laughs> so you're, so, so you're, wow. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, which is exactly my point at the beginning <laughs> of the show. We are talking about Ready for Work Hillsborough because it needs to be reproduced Holy smokes, right here in Hillsborough County. Absolutely. I mean, Robert Blunt needs about $10 million more every year so he can reach more people because this program, if they're releasing, how many did you say they can release back every year? 4,500 4, released back just to this little county. Correct. And so 40 people, that's 40 people classroom capacity size. So just to kind of put that in perspective, we launched Ready for Work in 2014, uh, September 2014. So it hasn't even been three years yet. We've enrolled more than 500 people in the program and have placed about half of that 250 in gainful employment um, during that three-year period. And so I want to hear the story. Hundreds, the, well, I want to. I want to hear about the other half. All right, listen. Ready for work, Hillsboro, helping people that 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 made bad decisions on the outside. They got sent to a place where they don't get to make any decisions, and then they get released and told to make good decisions. But Ready for Work Hillsboro is going to help them make those good decisions, and at the same time. When they ask, why are you doing this? They get to hear about Jesus. This is incredible. Get involved in this golf tournament. Just write a check. It doesn't matter. AbeBrown.org. Okay, let's get back to the conversation about Ready for Work Hillsboro, a ministry of Abe Brown Ministries. You can find out more about them online at AbeBrown.org. AbeBrown.org. Before we get back to Robert Blunt, Connie Smith, question for you. Connie Smith, I work for him's brand ambassador. Connie, when you found out about Ready for Work Hillsboro, how excited were I, I just I want you to describe for me how excited you were when you called me and said, I just found about this amazing ministry. I met with um, their representative. I met at the Christian Chamber and I'm like, oh, my gosh, some this organization aligns almost parallel to what we share with everybody on on the show. It's like your workplace is your mission field. Um, you work for for Jesus and these this organization at Ready for Work helps people do that every I day. Mean, it's it, I mean, you should have life classes at a high school. And <laughs> there this, you go. There's an expansion <laughs> idea for you, Connie. She's on fire today. She's growing the ministry. <laughs> I, we shouldn't have to train people. I know in the community today, with they are taking prayer out of 
high school, out of school, you know, don't get me on. I can get on one of the soapboxes, nope, too. Step off the soapbox. I just wanted you to answer that question. How excited <laughs> were you? I was very excited. And then I heard about the golf tournament. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we got we to gotta do part of this because I am a Buccaneer fan, for one thing. <laughs> the draw for me was Booker McFarlane, but hey. The ministry was like the bonus. Uh, we should apologize right away now for my golf skills, as they'll be demonstrated. <laughs> as I calculated my... Nobody's ever asked my handicap before, because I just usually say, me. <laughs> and, and I figured it out, and it was 25.9, and I was told, that's not real good. And I'm like, I know. I mean, but So I'm going to just be real nice, and, I'm, and I've got two... We've got three really good golfers on my foursome, and me. Jim, I gave up golf a long time ago. I figured I, I didn't need any more stress in my life. Well, I I play golf because my dad likes to play golf, and those are the places we when we're on the golf course we can have phenomenal conversations. Yeah. Or right? you could just be a volunteer like me, and then you get, you don't have to go out. You there get to meet try. everybody. You and Martha get to meet everybody. I'm so excited about that. All right, but beyond the golf tournament, which people can find out about, that's on June 3rd, first thing in the morning at Innisbrook on the Copperhead course. You said yes, sir. Okay, so which means that at Innisbrook they must have multiple courses. They do. Okay. They do. All right. So you also have on the 25th of May coming up a little sooner. A business engagement luncheon. You want business people to come, business professionals, HR professionals to come hear about Ready for Work Hillsborough so that they can start hiring some of your people. Absolutely. The greatest challenge that we have uh, in this line of work um, is finding those employment opportunities for our clients. Uh, and I want people to understand that when we approach employers, um, we want to, first of all, make a good match. So we want to, we, we understand our client. Uh, we do what we call an employment forecast with our clients so that we know what their skill sets are, any credentials that they have, any licensures, uh, special training that they have, and the desires of their heart. Um, what is it that you really want to do, not just for a job, but for a career? And then we have this other customer out there called the employer. We need to understand that employer's business, um, what's important to them, uh, and the people that they hire, what what's their culture? You know, what what's what aptitudes and skill sets are they looking for, so that we can make a good match? Because at the end of the day, if it's not a good match, then we're not effective in what we do. So in doing that, um, we have a value proposition to offer those employers. We aren't making or uh, a charitable ask when we approach employers. We're saying, listen, we want to be able to send to you a well, thoroughly vetted, qualified candidate who's ready to add value to your business, who's drug-free, and their skill sets fit. But the issue becomes there's a lot of employers that are intimidated by hiring somebody who's got a criminal record. Correct. And how do they get assurance from you that these people are really reformed? Well, Because I, that's, that's the biggest thing. You're like, mm, I'd really like to help out. Certainly. Mm, but I get stolen from all the time for people that don't have criminal records. Correct. Correct. So there's a couple of things um, that I'll, I'll say to that. First of all, when clients come to us, um, I make sure that they understand that we cannot guarantee you employment. Okay. We don't guarantee anybody employment. But what I can assure you is that you will have a team of 11 people working on your behalf. So to that employer, I say when you hire a ready for work client, you hire this team of 11 who's supporting this client so that if there's any problems and you're not comfortable with that client, we have a job coach that you can call. We have a case manager that you can call and that we're there throughout this entire process, pre and post placement. The other thing that I would share is, you know, there there's, you know, tax credit and federal bonding program um, that can help mitigate some of those risks. 
But the person who um, founded Operation New Hope in Jacksonville, who we contracted with for this, came out of the insurance industry. In fact, his family founded Zurich Insurance. And so he he approached this work with that mentality of what is it that we have to do to underwrite every one of our clients so that they have a less of a likelihood to reoffend and to go back. And so with that, the way the whole model is set up is to really undergird and underwrite these individuals so that we can minimize the likelihood that they will do something that will return them back to prison. Well, when you compare to the, the recidivism rates between the people that go through your program and the people that don't go through your program. Yep. What's the difference? Well, the national recidivism rate is about two out of three, about 60% people go back. Uh, in the state of Florida, the recidivism, the published recidivism rate, I should say. <laughs> and we, uh-huh. that's, we should clarify that. You know, governments publish what they want to publish, whether that's really convenient or not. That's really, they only publish convenient results. Yeah. So the state of Florida published recidivism rate is about 28%. Our recidivism rate is 14%. So we can cut the state's rate in half. And we measure recidivism in a lot more conservative way. The state measures recidivism based on a return back to prison. We measure recidivism based on an arrest of any kind, Mm, whether you return back to prison or not. Right. Um, So we were very, very, um, we're we're very pleased with uh, the the efficacy uh, of the program. And I'll tell you, we looked far and wide. We went out to California and, you know, we went through some replication training out there. I'm kind of an analytical guy. Um, so I want to, you know, count the costs, do all my homework, do all my due diligence. But, you know, once we are resolved on, hey, this makes sense and we have the data to back it up, then it's Katie Barter door. Let's go. And that's what we've been doing for three years. All right. So a couple of things I want to make sure we, we, we repeat. If you want to get involved in the golf tournament, helping raise money for this incredible ministry called Ready for Work Hillsboro, abebrown.org, abebrown.org. Maybe you run a business and you'd really like to make an impact on your community right here in Hillsborough County. And again, we're trying, I'm going to get to this in a second. If you're hearing something that you like hearing, that you're like, wow, we got to do this in Seattle. We need to do this in San Francisco. We need to do this in Minneapolis. We need to do this in San Antonio. We need to do this in Cedar Rapids, wherever you're listening to us today. This is reproducible. Robert, you guys can train people how to do this, right? I mean, you along with the group up in Jacksonville, the two of you guys come together, you can figure it out, right? We sure can. You got a book? You say, hey, here's the book. Here's a term that a lot of business people will appreciate, Six Sigma, right? Um, This model actually has been uh, taken through an extensive Six Sigma process by Blue Cross Blue Shield executive up in Jacksonville. Uh, and that's how they got to the point of, hey, now we're ready to replicate. So, you know, they had people buried in their basement looking at all of their processes, dotting all of their I's, crossing all of their T's so that they would be prepared for replication. Abraham Ministries is just very fortunate and blessed to be that first replication for Operation New Hope. And they weren't literally buried in the basement. I know Bluegrass Blue Shields, a little old stodge everyone's over there. Do not bury people in their basement. Okay. All right. But I do like to thank, would like to thank Kathy from Brandon for calling in to win the books that are going to get sent out to you. Thanks, Kathy, for listening to I Work For Him. Make sure you tell your friends. Make sure you like us on Facebook. All right. So Connie brought up an incredibly great point. Coach Brown, when he realized that, wow, I'm teaching kids how to play football, but I need to teach kids how to do life, how... Can we get in front of that? Because not everybody plays football. You know, you might have 60 kids in a high school that can play football, but yet in a high school, I mean, around here, I mean, how many kids are in the Hillsborough County school system? Uh, there's like 100,000 kids in the Hillsborough County school system. Sure. How do we How do we get in front of this tidal wave of 
you know, kids that they get in trouble because they don't, nobody's telling them not to do it and nobody's showing them a better way. And that's a huge challenge. Um, but at the same time, it's a great opportunity. And I think that, uh, you know, this whole ready for work piece, um, it has legs. I mean, we can take it, uh, like that. you know, into inner city schools, uh, and focus on, uh, individuals who, um, may be at high risk for, for, for dropout. Uh, to make sure that we can at least get them engaged and uh, on the right path. Um, obviously, you know, the juvenile detention centers, I know that, you know, you say, well, that's that's a little too late. Um, but really, when you look at high recidivism rates, you know, even though this is post-incarceration, um, it really is preventative in nature when you look at the fact that this is a cycle. Right. And somewhere within that cycle, you have to break that cycle, right? So, um, you know, I think uh, schools, at-risk youth, juvenile detention centers – um, you know, there's there's really a lot of different places that you can uh, you can take this program. When you look at your day to day, every day you're impacting the lives of people who they're going to get a second chance because you guys really care. Uh, but it's it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of love. It takes I mean, it's just it's I mean, you're really pouring into people. But yet you mentioned that only 50 percent of them are able to get placed for jobs. Is that because some of them drop out of the program or what, what, what's what? How do you account for that? Well, um, some people will drop out. I mean, you know, I, I shared our 14% recidivism rate. Uh, that's for the people who actually even complete. Obviously, it's a little bit higher uh, for uh, some individuals who, you know, start out and don't finish. Some people, once they complete the four to six weeks of career development, they feel like, hey, you know, I, I got it. I can take it here from here. And they lose contact with their case manager, mm-hmm. so we can't track them. Um, even though they sign up for a 12-month relationship, you know, we'll try for – 90 days to beat the bushes to to make sure that follow-up happens if they fall off the radar screen um and if it doesn't then we have to dismiss them from the program um you know sometimes it's it's old habits and and old friends you know you have very good intentions um but it just doesn't doesn't pan out for them so uh this is a voluntary program you know the the department of corrections is not saying hey you got to complete this program the judge isn't saying hey you got to complete this program uh, we love it if they did, uh, because we can assure that the classroom would be full. Well, you need but it some is judges who are friends. Sure. Do you have any judges that are friends yet? We the do program? have some judges who are friends, and we actually do have uh, a couple of situations where judges have, I would say, court ordered. But it's really sort of, hey, if if you can get enrolled in this uh, program, uh, then we will suspend your sentence. Um, and so we we welcome those. We also work with uh, the 13th Circuit for pretrial intervention. So these would be people who, you know, are kind of on their way in. But, hey, here's an alternative for you. Um, and this might be able to get you back on track. So we're we're doing more and more with the courts. Is there a program for training coaches? I mean, this all started because Abe Brown was a football coach. And he realized that he could make an impact on kids' lives as a football coach. Do you, do you have a program within Abe Brown Ministries that trains football coaches to invest in people's lives? Um, we don't. but um, There you I'm go. There's sure. two ideas there on one show. <laughs> Just growing it all. Um, that that's a great opportunity. I'm sure that there are organizations that provide some coaching training. Yeah, um, I'm sure there are, especially in low leagues and that kind of thing. But you know, what's the focus of that, and how do we do that with character? Well, you need to be a coach. Is certainly in the little league stuff. How do you how do you coach? Because you're not just coaching the kids, and then you have to deal with the crazy parents. So here we go. Okay, we're gonna step back off that soapbox. There you go. That's the third component. That's right. Okay. So yeah, training. Yeah. How do you mentor the parents? What a great deal. But with this ready for work, Hillsborough helps those ex offenders really become a productive part of society. But you guys are picky about who gets to go through the program, right? 
We are. Um, there's a criteria to get into the program. Um, we, um, we 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 don't work with people who have a sexual offense. It's it's just a very risky proposition. Um, and as I said, this is a state funded program, um, so we're limited there. And we also we we take into consideration violent offenses. So we like to position it as we don't accept people who have a history of violent offenses. So we will do a couple of things. One, we will look at the offense, and I'll tell you a quick story here in a second. Um, and we will look at also the time frame uh, that has lapsed since that offense. So typically we use a seven-year window. Um, if you haven't you know, been convicted of a violent offense within a seven-year window and you don't have a history of, right. of violent offenses. So a quick story, um, actually up in Jacksonville, uh, they had a client who was convicted of a violent offense um, but understanding the circumstances, um, you know, she was enrolled into the program. So she was a victim of domestic violence and, you know, she got sick up, sick of it, fed up with it. She went in the, the, the dresser drawer, pull out a gun, shot out all of his tires so that he couldn't follow her. Well, while we were all applauding her law enforcement wasn't impressed. Right. And so she actually did prison time. Um, but understanding those circumstances, she was enrolled in the program and did phenomenally well. So we really want to sit down and understand, you know, what are the contributing factors that led to uh, those circumstances um, and, and those particular situations that contributed towards uh, towards that crime being committed. Connie Smith was really good about bringing up the fact, Connie Smith, our I work for him, brand ambassador. Hey, this is a program for men and women. So we talk, I kept talking about football coaches. He goes, hey, what about uh, girls soccer coaches? What about what about gymnastics coaches? What about coach, coaches, coaches, coaches? It, it is a program for both men and women. You just get a great story. And women, when you, how many, so if you've got 40 spots at a time, how many people apply for those 40 spots? Um, that that's, that's a good question. I would say probably three times that many. And again, not everybody enrolls, but sometimes it's not, um, it's not a function of the ministry itself. It's, you know, we extend you an invitation and you never follow through on that invitation. Right. Right. So, you know, our enrollment numbers can be through the roof. Right. But it is voluntary. You know, Reverend Brown used to always say, you know, you can teach a man how to fish or you can give a man a fish sandwich. You feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. But he would always Wait, conclude and, that, and you know, there's a finished one. Oh, go ahead. And he would always say, but you can't clean a fish before you catch them. No, but, but if you teach a man to sell fish, then he can feed a community. Sorry. Absolutely. But you can't, but you can't, you can't feed a guy a fish before you catch it. Right. So his whole premise was, you know, we look at prison and we look at the downside of prison, but you have a captive audience in there. Right. Who's earning, yearning for, you know, somebody to pour into their lives. And so now that you have their attention, that's an excellent time to, to share the gospel, to share the word. Uh, we were in a prison two weeks ago and uh, we finished the service. You know, we go in with a team of people. Uh, singers. We always take in an ex-offender to share a testimony, and then we share the gospel. We have young ministers who go in and preach the word, and we extend an invitation to Christ. Well, there were 14 men who came forward. One of these men, after we led them through the sinner's prayer, um, and he gave his life to Christ, he pulled me aside. He said, I'll see you in 10 days. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I get out in 10 days, and I'm already enrolled in the Ready for Work Hillsborough program. I'll see you in 10 days. That's the continuum that we're looking for, to be able to take an individual who was introduced to the ministry inside, given his life to Christ on the inside, and now we have an opportunity to come alongside of this young man and let him see the Christ in us 
and provide tangible opportunities for him to live out his his freedom in Christ and in in society. That's the continuum of services that we like to see. And that's why people should get involved in the golf tournament that's coming up on June the 3rd. You've got spots open. How do people get involved right now? They can go to the website, www.org, click on the uh, golf tournament banner, and it will take them right to a place where they can register. abrown.org, abrown.org. There's spots open. Also, if you're a professional business owner that you really want to increase your ministry factor in your business and you want to take a calculated risk by hiring some of these ex-offenders from the Ready for Work Hillsborough program, go to a luncheon being sponsored by Abe Brown Ministries and Ready for Work Hillsborough at the Oxford Exchange on May the 25th. Uh, at 11.30 a.m. For those of you listening from around the country, you want to find out more, you can get a hold of Robert Blunt at Ready for Work Hillsborough on their website, abrown.org, and ask him questions how you can reproduce this in your state, your city, around the country. Robert Blunt, thanks for being on I Work for Him today. Thank you for having me, Jim. Connie, nice job. This is a great one. Great interview. It was fun as always. As always. Check out Abe Brown online. Get it. Sign up for the golf tournament. If you like to play golf, come see how horrible I am on the golf course. <laughs> hey, but thanks for listening to I Work for Him today. It is just, it's a privilege to side, go side by side with ministries that are investing in lives. Hey, don't forget, I work for him. <laughs>